Welcome to the Biblical Editorial Review. Here we will discuss the contrast between two worldviews, one being biblical and the other being worldly. How does a follower of Christ distinguish between the two? And now here's your host. Hello and thank you each and every one of you for part of the Biblical Editorial Review. I am your host, Cleveland Rose, and I want to thank you to everyone, y'all, to be part of this wonderful radio experience. I know it's been a while, and I'm sorry. From the bottom of my heart, I have not come and do any um, broadcasting for a while because, you know, when you're busy like I am, as an overseer of this wonderful radio network and other radio networks, you are busy. You are continuously busy. And I do want to apologize because a lot of people have been asking me when I'm going to be back on the air. And I am back going to be back on the air where I'm going to do this series, which is a very, 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 very important series to talk about. Because I want to hammer on some things here about it to the point of why this series is needed. Well, for one thing, I want to just go ahead and just clarify a couple of things here. First and foremost, I want to clarify that this here is not to degrade anybody. And that's one, because every time when we talk, people are always thinking you are going to degrade people because you're going to say something that's going to be degradable. Well, once you hear what I have to say, it makes you wonder why I say it. And that's the main reason why we have to come in and tell you what is going on, because there's a lot of things here that people always say that don't even know why they say that. And it's really, really sad that they don't know the contents of this until you start to bring this out. So why do I title this series Black, 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 Black? Well, because I'm I'm attacking a narrative here. And that narrative needs to be addressed because the narrative is keep rehearsing over, over, over again that we got to have a Black Heritage Month. We got to have Black History Month. We got to have Black churches. We got to have uh, Black, uh, uh, historic Black colleges. We got to have Black this, got to have Black that. A lot of it because a lot of Black people are trying to identify themselves with something, okay? And, you know, when you get to the point of trying to identify yourself with something, you have a huge, huge, huge problem. And that problem never could be rectified by tacking black into something. Have you heard anything like white church this, white history month, white this, white that, blah, 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 blah. If you did, you caught that racism, according to some black people who had to be black conscious. You see, all this black, black, black stuff is crazy. And you really, it's time to get to you. It did to me for a long, long time. I've been on planet Earth through God for years, 43 years. Yes, I said that's my age. I am 43 years old. I digress. And the more you keep talking, the more you keep seeing people, we got to have Black-owned businesses. But the Black-owned businesses don't get supported by Black people sometimes. 
or if it does get support, it has to be something that tags to what they want. I had to give one credit to Fabu for us by us, right? That these guys at least think about, well, we're going to go ahead and give it back to the community. But they just say, well, let's go ahead and put this out there for everybody. And that's how I became billionaires. Same day with Oprah Winfrey, with OWM, sorry. She did Oprah Winfrey Network, where she became a billionaire, which is not technically a billionaire because if you are a billionaire, you are not trying to be an actress. I digress with that. However, she's a billionaire according to their status. Well, she started her own network, television network, and it's the other stuff that she did that ingrained to Oprah Winfrey. But she had to go outside the black community. Same day with uh, BET. Well, with Miss, uh, uh, I think his name is Robert Johnson. I'm sorry, Robert, Robert Johnson. When he started BET, it was all black, but he wasn't. It wasn't direct. It wasn't focused. It wasn't, you know, you know, definitely spread out. So he did spread out to almost every ethnic group. Then he sold to Viacom. And Viacom spread out to a little bit further. because he became a billionaire. And but you got to look at the trend of the billionaires that are that black, they starting to reach out to different other ethnic groups. But why would keep hopper on black, 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 black? And the people who keep on doing the black, 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 black thing is usually the people who doesn't have anything. Or they trying to get black people to do something for their benefit so they could get rich. Let's look at the NAACP. This, this organization has been around for almost near 70 years. That organization making billions of dollars, I believe. I'm not sure, but if you look at everything else, they make a lot of money. But they did not do anything for black people. United Negro College Fund, same thing. Try to get black people, black kids to get to um, colleges, but they didn't go to historic black colleges. Some of them, they try to go with the affirmative action with Ivy League colleges, which is now the worst places they ever get an education, a paid education, not a free education. People, a paid one. We'll talk about that in a little while, not on this broadcast, but the next one. Then you have businesses who are black and want to stay black, but they're not going further as black. Now, I don't like Jay-Z. I think Jay-Z is a, is a false, but he's a billionaire. Why? He reached out. He went to the, the NFL and everything, and people call him a sellout just because he get, signed a contract with the NFL. Well, no, it's all about money, and it's always about money. It doesn't matter if he's for or against social justice stuff. It's mainly because he is all about the money. Well, that's what happened to Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre is a billionaire. Beats by Dr. Dre. The, the, I mean, the headsets that most of the people use, you know, they use those headsets and making billions. He made billions out of that, but he went beyond blacks. He went from everybody else. There's a lot of black people who are rich and powerful, 
that did not focus on black, 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 black. And a lot of conservatives who are black don't even focus on black issues. They focus on the issues that do hurt blacks, but they know that those issues can be rectified if black starts acting like they are the onlyest race that has been ostracized or victimized. This is the problem that is scattered in it started with public education to even churches. And the main reason why I want to hammer on this subject matter about black, 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 black is because do we need to keep identifying as black, 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 black? I don't think so. If your identity is not in Christ, of course you could go the lines of being black, 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 black. But with the see because of the black this and black that, it's always a turnoff. If if it was everything black, how come a lot of people are married outside the ethnic group? If you wanted to really pecant uh, on that, the black scenario here. And it's really sad because that's what really is boiled down to. But I want you to think about this here. You have so many people who is turned off with this lies on black this and black that. A lot of people, you know, even myself, my family and I, we don't even like to go to a black church. I don't like to go to black, strictly black churches. Why? Because black churches, it's you you feel like you are in slavery to me. That's me, not everyone, but to me, I feel like I'm enslaved. And I'll tell you why. Because you don't think like they do. You know you don't, but you can see their worldview. You can see how they talk, you see how they act, you see how they move and how they think. You see that worldview. And it bothers me because that worldview really comes into so many groupings that it doesn't have anything to do with everything you're trying to accomplish in life. Those groupings usually is so de demean demeaning, it's crazy. It's, it's like you don't understand why they do they do. We got so many people who go into the medical field who's black but it's not that many black doctors. Even the ones that are black doctors, they're not really into the things that could help black people, if you want to go to those terms. Let's go back to the black churches for a minute. The black churches, it's so many of them. It is so many of them in our in America. And the problem with those black churches is that what are they preaching that's going to help the black people spiritually? Now, let's go into here. I'm going to run some numbers down, and I'm going to give you some history. Because at least if I could give you something, it will become more persona of why I'm saying what I'm saying. Because everything we do, we have to have a, a general, no orchestrated understanding because 
sometimes we get lied to that we don't understand why the lies are there. What we need to understand is because every time we talk, people always know, really don't understand this, this, this common ground here. But I'm going to hammer on several things here for a minute because I want to really put it into a perspective here for you guys to understand something here. Let's go into here about the the reason behind a lot of these black churches. Now, I'm going to give you some numbers of how many black churches historically in America that are in America today. And then make now I want you to think about why am I hammering on this? Because in order for you to understand, this is the main reason why we have a problem. And here it is. Now, I'm going to read some of this here. But I want you to understand what I'm reading here. Now, this topic here is talking about black and white race in American denominations. And the main reason why I'm going to read this is because I want to, I want to, let's do this here. I'm going to flip to the side. Let's talk about these historic black churches, how many there first, before I read into other stuff that comes to the main reason why. And here he is. Now, let's look at this here. This is a resource here from the Facts 2000 survey, a group of seven historic African-American denominations combined their efforts through the resource of the Interdenominational Theological Center in Atlanta, Georgia, Chaka City. Now, these denominations include, and I'm going to read this and tell you how many people is in it, the numbers is very um, astronomical because you've got to understand why this is happening here. Here he is. The African Methodist Episcopal Church. That's AME, okay? For some people who don't know. AME dated from 1787 when it split from the Methodist Church. And some history behind that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. It has roughly 3.5 million members located throughout the United States, the Caribbean, and Africa. Okay? The AME Church supports over a dozen colleges and seminaries. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. Roughly 3.5 million members located throughout the United States, Caribbean and Africa. What mainly most of the 3.5 million members is located in the United States. Okay, let's go on a little bit more. Okay, now we got the African Methodist Episcopal Zion Church. It's almost like saying American Express, but it's A M E Z. And that church began in New York in the late 18th century after splitting from the Methodist Church, which is, in other words, split from the African Methodist Episcopal Church. Okay? Now, the AMEZ is roughly, currently has over 1.2 million members throughout the United States, Caribbean, and Africa as well. So, if you got the AME and you got the AMEZ, 
and each one of them got three um one of them is over a million members something's not right here okay something's not right here let's continue on here so we have the the christian methodist episcopal church cme which is also used to be called the uh color methodist episcopal church uh you didn't know that here yes it was colored and we will talk about the history of this in a minute because I want to tell you why it's going on here. Okay. Now, they they was one of the three major African American denominations derived from the Westland tradition in America. It really is. Now, it was organized by forty-one ex-slaves in eighteen seventy in Jackson, Tennessee and has over 3,000 churches throughout the United States, Western Africa, Haiti, and Jamaica. Now, CME is presided over by 10 bishops, sponsored four colleges, and one seminary, and has a worldwide membership of 800,000. That's a lot of folks, okay? That's a lot of people. This is happening. This is all happening in America. Okay. The church of you know, the church of God in Christ. Okay. And some history about the church of God in Christ to the fullest is crazy. But let's go ahead and continue on. The church of God in Christ was founded early in the 20th century. It is primarily an urban center church. It has over 5.5 million members in the United States. Now, C.H. Mason Seminary, located in Atlanta, is the only African-American seminary in the United States. I digress. Literally, this is crazy, but that's true. That's what's going on here. So, C.H. Mason Seminary is in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, that tells me, wow. Now that's now we got 5.5 million members from the Church of God Christ, 800 some thousand from CME, which is now we talk about three different kinds of Methodist Episcopal. Got 3.5 AME, 1.2 AME Z, and 800,000 CME. Okay, so roughly, this is almost nearly, oh, roughly almost nearly 9 point, almost nearly 10 million people. 11 million. Let's say 11 million people, roughly. We're not done yet. Okay, we're not done yet. Let's go to Baptist. There are three predominantly African-American Baptist conventions with the total of approximately 13.5 million members. Let me repeat that. 13.5. Now, we already said roughly 11 million. Now, we have 13.5. This is Baptist. These are the National Baptist Convention of America, which is NBCA, the National Baptist Convention USA, which is NBC, 
and the Progressive National Baptist Convention. Oh, yeah. You got so many of that going on. Now, these conventions are located throughout the United States and several additional countries. Now, we had 13.5. We said 11.6. Okay. Let's give it a take. So, let's go. Now, we had almost nearly 23,000, uh, 23 million, 24 million. Let's put 25 million. 25 million members. Okay. Now, let's go to the United Methodist Church, UMC. The Methodist Church was founded in 1784. Black consistency, uh, consistency, uh, I'm sorry, within the Methodist Church has remained stable since 1968 when several fractions merged from the United Methodist Church. The UMC has approximately 3,500 African-American churches, primarily in the U.S. As of date of this writing, which is that writing was, and I'll tell you the date of that writing, was in 2000, okay? I'm sorry about that, but in 2000, okay? There has been 42... African American elect of the apostolacy since 1968. This here is crazy. So think about it 3,500 African American churches. We don't know how many members, but they say 3,500 African American churches is under the UMC. So let's say Give or take, multiply. They said it's about 20 members. I give 20 members. You multiply that. No, let's think about it. 20 members. Okay. Let's just multiply this here for a second. Because I mean, this is, this is, we got to. All right. We got 20, let's say 20 members right here. And it said over 3,500 churches. That's 70,000. Every Sunday, 70,000. I'm just lowballing here. Let's say this. Let's clear this up here. And I'm, I'm just going to just be real here. Let's say you got um, 70 members in each church times 3,500. And up here, there are 240,000 possible okay that's a possible fact and let's talk about presbyterian churches african-american presbyterian churches were the first organized in philadelphia in 1807 currently there are 65,000 black presbyterians in the united states africa and southern asia so that's a lot so you multiply all this together so let's just add all this together. That's almost nearly 30 million members of the church going on. 30 million. 30 million. Okay. Now, what am I trying to go about this here? I'm going to tell you what I'm going by. 
And and the main reason why we are going by this is because it's a reason behind this madness. Okay? The 30 some million list uh million members and you'll think that's a lot of people. Let's just say that everybody ties. Assume, let's say 10% of 35 million tied. If they say they're tied. Or if you, you know, whatever the case would be with tithing. Okay, so let's just say 35 million. That's 3.5 million. Okay. And they tie 10% every Sunday. And let's say each one to tie about $50 or 60. Let's put 60. Okay, let's try that. Okay. Now, that right there off the 10%, that's $210 million going into the black community. Black community. These are black churches every Sunday morning. Why am I talking this way? Here's my here's my reason behind my madness here. Okay? Here's my reason. The main reason why behind the madness of all of this is to tell you if if we could roll that much money, how come black in, in urban core communities are still destitute. And I'm just saying this by lowballing on the numbers here. If you got so many people that got so, all this money for these black, we talk, we ain't talk about Protestants or non-denominations. We talk about strictly denominations. Not, well, they are Protestants, I'm sorry. But we're talking about the ones who are Protestant and they are our denomination and they are organized per se. You have this number of people coming in every Sunday, every Sunday morning. Okay? And a lot of them are women. But we'll talk about that in a minute here. Uh, <laughs> we we just getting started because that just tells me it's a lie. Is so many it's so many of us in the body of Christ? Why is it that the churches that's in the urban core are not producing fruits? Remember, this is a black church. We should be able. We black people are spiritual. Well, we'll talk about that too in a minute. Because a lot of people don't know that. Uh, yeah, we're supposed to be spiritual-minded. We don't have no race racism in us, which that's a lie. But we we will talk about that too. Or anything going on with us is wrong. But we need to really come into the grounds here. We got so many churches in America. We just talk about organized ones. We ain't talk about non-denomination and all the ones that got uh, uh, a storefront church and things like that going on. This is their humble beginnings. What's going on here? Why are none of them doing anything to the black community? They got seminary schools. They got these colleges. But we still 
living in poverty. Now, I'm going to read some excuses here in a few minutes that will blow your mind of why. Because a lot of times, a lot of people give excuses that, well, this is an excuse why we are, we're not, we can't help the, uh, the urban core. But you expect them to come to your church. You expect them to come to your everything. You expect them to do. You expect them to come in and, you know, put their few change into the offering basket every Sunday. You expect that. But it's no fruits coming out of it. Well, because we're dealing with an organization, they need to be able to help the organization because we are affiliated to that. It's almost like a, um, a, a radio station or a television station. Affiliates get paid from advertising, and they also get paid from when they broadcast a show on a national scale to that market. Well, that's what churches are supposed to be, right? In these organizations, right? I just want to know. You know, a lot of people need to ask answer my question here on this. So, I will be back in a few minutes, and let's continue on with this heavy, hidden conversation about black, 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 black. Stay tuned. America, get ready. Winged warriors. Preparing for flight. Preparing to fight. They await their orders. Then attack as one. Diving. Dodging. Swooping. Striking. Their mission? Create chaos. Their mandate? Win at all costs. The St. Louis Battlehawks. Cleared to engage. February 2020. The XFL is coming. For more information, stay tuned to the RCR Radio Network. All right. Welcome back to the Biblical Editorial Review on this series called Black, 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 Black. I know that title sounds weird, but it is a good title. Trust me. You will thank me uh, for this because I'm going to tell you something here. That title is very short, you know, makes a whole lot of sense. And I know you heard some of the commercial promo about the XFL that's coming into um, you know, our radio network, the SFL radio. We'll talk about that. That's another thing. But I digress. But I want to talk, to, uh, let's go to continue about this whole matter here because I do need to really address the reason behind what I'm talking about here. This is here my no industry program about this this is about the series now well why am i speaking in this way we got over two we got over 200 over 200 million dollars and we talk about it on a every sunday 210 million dollars every Sunday. Let's multiply this per month. Okay? So it's four weeks in a month. 
means it's four Sundays in the month. Okay. That's $840 million coming in per month from these churches of all these that, that we talk about organized. Let's do this in a year. So it's 12 months in a year. Okay. That means it's 52. Let's do 52 Sundays in a year. Right, it's 52 Sundays in a year. All right. Well, let's do 12. Let's do 12. This is a monthly in a year thing. Let's do this here. That's billion dollars. Am I reading this right? Okay, we're doing this in a year. We already had 800 something million. So now we had. No, almost we are am read is right. Okay. We at ten billion dollars a year. Do you know how much money allocated? And see, we let's take out I'll just lowball this. It's, it could be more. This is off the 10% of their members, which is 3.5 million um, members. They do their dues. They, they, they do their membership, all that stuff to be dedicated to that organization. That's $10 billion. Billion will be, but it's no fruit showing. Nothing has produced anything. Nothing happened. And this, they be going on. I mean, the history of them. Now, y'all forgot about the history. No, some of these uh, church started in 1700. They had to grow because, you know, we had to deal with prejudice and this, this, this going on and all that stuff. But we're talking about now. It's just some of these people are fake because lots of families. We're talking about now. We ain't talking about back in the day. Yes, it started then. We're talking about now. But let's what that's the what's the reason behind this? And I'm gonna read. We're gonna give some some um excuses here. No, and we're going to talk about this. And the main reason why we're going to talk about it is because nobody don't want to talk about it. Let's talk about this here. Now, I'm about to read here. Before I was about to, I was about to read about the black and white race in American denominations. It's a glance back at the history of that separates us. Now, that's this is a good title so far. From A.T. Miller, Associate uh, Professor of Religion and Africana Studies in Urbana College and a pa and pastor of Urbana House of the Lord Fellowship. Now, what is Urbana House of everything else? Let's look this up here, okay? We're going to look it up, and we're going to see what is this, this here. Now, it is... It says it is a fellowship of friendship, family, forgiveness, and faithfulness. 
a new wisdom of the week, and a lot of it here. If you look at it, what is this here? It is from you know, welcome to Urban, uh, Urban Land House of the Worship uh, Fellowship. We are a fellowship of friendship, family, forgiveness, and faithfulness. We are an intentional house church ministry, and we want to emulate a friendly family atmosphere. Part of our mission is to be a fellowship that you know believes. That forgiveness is a key mission of the ministry of Jesus. Come join us in the worship and serve in faithfulness. Then we know this is a house church. Interesting. Now, let's see here. Okay. So it is the Obey House of Lord, uh, Lord Fellowship. It's a member of the National House of the Lord Church headquarters in Brooklyn, New York. What is this? Let's look at here. This here from Reverend Dr. Henry Darty. We joyfully welcome you to the house, the house on the well. And this here, it shows the um, memorial tribute to Winnie Mandela. Uh, today's scripture. See, we got to dig into the, our ministries. Uh, fellow congregations. Let's see here. Let's look at the leadership here. These are bishops. Look at um, that. Uh, the National Society Minister of the Spiritual Leader of the Church, as President Chief, Second Officer, he or she is vested of all this Reverend Henry Darty, serve as a presiding uh, minister. They have board directors, they have all this stuff here. So mainly is all black. You see, this is this tells a whole lot of what's going on here. Let's look at the fair congregations. They got some in Ohio, Brooklyn, and Philadelphia. Then they got another one in New Jersey, Jamaica, New York, and Jersey City, New Jersey. So mainly it's a lot out east. None in the south. Let's continue on here, okay? So they have a college, but let's continue on here. Let's read this article about black and white race in America denominations. Now, the statement by Mark, uh, MLK Jr. that is appalling that the most segregated hour of Christian America is 11 o'clock on Sunday morning still rings true. It does. He says here, with the lesson, uh, this here, this article was written in uh, summer of 2016. It says, with the election of President Obama in 20, uh, 2008, many claim we were entering in the era of post-racial, multi-ethnic society. Events after the president election has tempered this statement. This country has a complication relationship in to race and ethnicity. And this is especially true for black and white relationships and for Christianity in America. We're already in the wrong path here. But this is what they try to believe. They try to say it's something going on. And since President Obama came in office, everything should be the post-racial uh, multi-ethnic society. 
but Obama is the one who brought the divide between black and white, even though he is a mixed race president. He is, but he brought this effing divide. He did. We'll talk about that in one of the series here. Let's continue on. Yeah. Now, this guy here as an African-American religious historian and pastor of the predominantly black Pentecostal church. Now we know this church is. I offer a few examples that highlight the problem and prominence for race in America churches and denominations, you know, specifically addresses black and white history. This here going to be interesting because I don't think he's going to give you true history. Let's break this down. Then we're going to go ahead and give you some premises of why he's not telling the truth, if he is telling the truth. Let's continue on here. Conflict on slavery. It says, during our nation's earliest colonial period, the first great awakening propelled the evangelical Christianity, sweeping across the colonies, converting whites, blacks, free and slave, and expanding the Methodist, Baptist, and Presbyterian denominations. Was three major mainland uh, religions during that time. So far, so good. The colonies and the early republic were conflicted on slavery as many saw it as quote sin. Both Baptist and Methodist denominations restrict its leadership from owning slaves. Except for Southern Baptists, but we'll continue on. These restrictions has various reactions in the North and South. Even so, con uh, congregations saw blacks and whites worshiping together at the albeit on segregated terms in both North and South. Okay, let's continue. A similar event in the St. George Methodist Episcopal Church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in 1787 was more and less re uh, uh, replicated among many churches' denominations. Now, St. George allowed black slaves free black slaves and free white people to worship together, but from the position of white supremacy. I kind of figured this is going to go south real quick. White people sat in the front seats and were served communion first. When membership overflowed, black people were obligated to give their seats to whites. Black people could minister to blacks but rather did black ministers to whites. See, this is this is what's going on so far. Let's continue on. When a new backing was built in St. George, the black community assumed it was built for their uses, and they also contribute financially to the construction. One day, the balcony dedication, the church was packed and black headed to the balcony, but they were abruptly asked to make way for white producers. Now, Abstinent Jones and Richard Allen led a small group of black members out of St. George and never to worship there again. Now, Absalom Jones and Richard Allen are the two men that star the AME, African Methodist Episcopal Church, which also really started to become a problem. But let's continue on here. This is what happened here. 
which in some cases is a little bit truth to the story, but we talk about liberals here. It's a lot of liberals going on here. It's not conservatives, it's liberalism. Let's go on here. The separated by, by race, because we got to talk about this. Now, Layer Jones became the first black priest in the Episcopal Church and founded the St. Thomas African Episcopal Church of Philadelphia. Allen stayed within the Methodist Episcopal Church for another three decades and organized a separate black congregation, Bethel African Methodist Episcopal Church. 30, 30, no, 20 years of battle with the white Methodist leadership over the operational control of Bethel led to a state Supreme Court case. The court sided with Bethel um, congregation of 1816. Other black Methodist congregations joined Allen in celebrating the victory and create a new denomination, the African American Episcopal Church. Other Methodist, Baptist, and Episcopal and Presbyterian congregations involved in a similar segregated and separate fashion. Now, as slavery lessens its grip in the North states and trenches itself into the Southern ones, a settlement towards slavery shift in the Southern states to a necessary evil. Okay? Many Blacks and whites abolitionists emerged in the eight, uh, early 1820s and 30s to put pressure on slavery system, challenge it on biblical grounds. It got some meat now. It makes some sense here just a little bit, but we'll just talk about this because he's given a little bit of a history of a slant, but let's continue on here. Many Southerners pushed back with jurisdictions for, for slavery from the interpretation of the Bible, pushing some you know, radical abolitionists and archivists to reject the fidelity of the Bible as the word of God. Now, that's that's that did happen. Many slaves escaped to North to plot rebellion. Much of it's justified on the biblical reign of God of justice. Now, after the Nat Turn Rebellion of in Virginia in 1831, slavery solidified itself as a certain way of life. Those who justified it declared that slavery was ordained by God. Okay, the three major 19th century evangelical denominations split over the issue of slavery Methodist in 1844, Baptist in 1845, Presbyterians in 1861 on the eve of the Civil War. Now, after the Civil War and the passage of the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments of the Constitution. The Southern Methodists created the Color Methodist Episcopal Church in 1870 to stop its newly free slaves from shifting alliance to North Black and White Methodist denominations. Well, that is a little bit true, but see, he did not give the rest of the story. Here's the rest of the story here. Now, if you look at the history here, okay, some of the history that has been profound has been shown that all of these things that was going on with some of the people that was going in slavery 
was that Southern Baptist was the one who also clarified this motion. Not all people, because they know for a fact that a lot of blacks want to move north, get away from slavery. But when, but see, they forgot the people who free some of the black people were Republicans. Okay. And the Republicans were the ones that free black people. Okay. It, the Democrats, a lot of the people who are Democrats, right, are the ones who want to keep black people in slavery. That's why we were split in the Civil War. Well, Cleveland, why are you telling us all this stuff? Because it seems like to me you have this hatred towards um, the Democrats. Well, you got to go back to history. Democrats have history that's mounted into the things they do. Yes, you do have some, and I'm going to tell you something here. You do have some Northerners in the North who were also prejudiced towards Blacks. They don't, and I mean, the only people that really wasn't as prejudiced or wasn't prejudiced were the Republicans, which they were mo mostly Quakers. Now, you probably said, well, how come Qua it was no black Quakers? It was some black Quakers years ago. It was plenty of black Quakers, but you never heard that. And you never heard me read about Quakers because they mo most likely they were Westerners. Now, that was in another part. We will talk about that in a few minutes. Now, why is that going on? Because remember, this is where the CME, uh, um, CME came from, which is the Christian Methodist Episcopal Church. 41 ex-slaves in 1870 in Jackson, Tennessee. I don't live that far from Jackson, Tennessee myself. Okay? But that tells you that what's going on is that you got so many of these things in the in the churches down that proves the point of this. So let's continue on here now. Let's go into this 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 predicate of the Azusa Street revival. Because this here is really, really, really tripping. See, he jumped into the say the color Methodist Episcopal in 1870, which it is the Christian Methodist Episcopal Church. And that church, right, if you look at Episcopalians right now, a lot of the Episcopalians are far lefters. They are. They're on the far left. And why they are on the far left? Because they believe in a lot of things, liberal and leftism. And those things are a problem when it comes to black churches today. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes here because you do need to understand why this is a very important piece to to clear up when you're dealing with these churches and so much money going through them. Come on. It's a lot of money. And why hop on the money? It's because they keep saying they don't have any money. And that's the truth. They say they keep saying we don't have any money. That's the main reason why. And we need to be able to let you guys know that the problem is the people who took the money. Okay, let's continue on here. Azusa Street Revival. Now, in the early 20th century, the Pentecostal movement, it was a movement, it still is to this day, and I'm going to talk to elaborate a couple of things here, but this in a minute. The Pentecostal movement provide a font of interracial cooperation 
even during the racial segregate Jim Crow America. Now, who developed Jim Crowism? Who did that? See, a lot of people don't know what Jim Crow is. And see, blacks think that um, Jim Crow was developed by Republicans. No. Jim Crow was not developed by Republicans. Okay? Here is Jim Crowism. And I'm going to read from the evil Wikipedia. And they were like, oh, God, Cleveland, you're going there. Yeah, let's go and read from the evil Wikipedia here. Jim Crow laws were stated and or local laws that enforced racial or racial segregation in the southern United States, as were enacted in the late 19th century and the early 20th century by white Democratic dominant state legislators after the Reconstruction period. That's after the Civil War. The laws were enforced until 1965. In practice, Jim Crow laws mandate racial segregation in all public facilities in the states of the former Confederate States of America and other states started to start in the 1870s and the 1880s. Jim Crow laws were upheld in 1896 in the case of Pesley versus Ferguson in which the United States Supreme Court laid out is separate by equal, but equal, legally documented facilities for African Americans. Moreover, public education has essentially been, uh, been segregated since the establishment of most of the South after the Civil War. Now, now you know it's Democrat dominated. So that's the main reason why you want to, well, why half of these churches are Democratic? How come a lot of these churches went for the Democrat Party? There's some history behind that. And we'll talk about that history in a few minutes because you need to understand what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with a lot of Blacks who don't know the truth about certain things or the lot of them do know the truth, but they're not telling the truth. And we have so many things that's so black, 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 that it's not totally true because a lot of the things that is corresponding with this has to do with the fact is a heart issue. So a lot of black people are really, really are not up to brass on the truth on anything. They are emotional. They caught up in their emotions and they're not taking anything into a serious and tell on what is really going on here. And that is why a lot of things are really abruptly cause and effect when it comes to truth here. Some of the things that we are talking about are really dynamic stuff. What this guy is saying here in this article here is half-truths. And we need to break those down to really give you the whole truth about it. Because what if someone come up and read something about this? And they hear it and they start to get this feeling of feel like, they were being race upon. Now I say race upon for a reason. They feel like they've been and somebody's been um, prejudiced towards them. They they experience racism. They experience feel like they are ostracized, victimhood mentality. That's pretty much what's going on, and that's really what the buck of everything, the victimhood, and we have problems in our society, especially churches. That especially that churches that are run by blacks, 
that they are not telling people the truth. Let's read a little bit more, and we will go to our second break here. So let's, 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 let's go a little bit here on this whole detail of what's going on here. Now, I'm going to read Azusa Street Revival, and we'll go to our break here. The Azusa Street Revival in 1906 through 1909 in Los Angeles, widely known as the catalyst of the worldwide Pentecostal movement and denominations, broke all racial norms with Russians, Chinese, Mexicans, Black, and white Southerners worshiping together. Azusa was all held from a multiracial leadership of the Apostolic Faith Movement, AFM, led um, by William Seymour, an African-American preacher. Unfortunately, unclear internal conflict arose within the AFM by 1909, and it split among black and white racial lines. One branch led by whites moved to Portland, Oregon, and Seymour branch remained in Los Angeles. After the split, Seymour restricted leadership to blacks only. This is the problem here. I'm going to continue on. By the middle of the 20th century, most of the major Presbyterian, or not Presbyterian, Pentecostal denominations were organized along racial lines. As white Pentecostal denominations grew in numbers and social stature in the mid 20th century of America, they organized into Pentecostal Fellowship of North America, PFNA, in 1948, following the formation of the National Association of Evangelicals in 1942. Among, among the excluded Black Pentecostal bodies was the Church of God in Christ, a largely Black Pentecostal body in the United States. So this is what's going on here. To, to sum all this up, now we're dealing with Pentecostalism. Pentecostalism is a problem because a lot of it has to deal with uh, of the leans of the Church of God in Christ, okay? The Church of God in Christ is another problem, okay? The Church of God in Christ is mainly black. It started with C.H. Mason. C.H. Mason, it was another uh, a thing called Church of on Church of God, okay, it was part of that. See, this, see, he give you a little bit of history of that. Church of God was the problem. So then with the Church of God, it has its entorts, and it was a little bit more into this whole thing that really alleviate into things that's going on crazy, Okay. But the problem is really, really comes into the uh, appearance of what's going on in the churches today. Now we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of why the, the churches are so divided. But not only it's not just because the churches are divided, it's because it is something behind their divide and why blacks are the ones are not the most forgiving people ever. I'm telling you the truth. If you don't believe me, Stay tuned for more as we could continue on with this whole subject matter. America, get ready. Rising from the turbulent sea, beneath the darkening skies, 
of their weather-hardened home. Relentless. Ruthless. Ravenous. Not of mythology, but of muscle and might. Not of folklore, but of football. This is your darkest fantasy in cleats. The Seattle Dragons, breathing fire, February 2020. The XFL is coming. For more information, stay tuned to the RCR Radio Network. Okay, we are back, and it's really the introduction of this whole such a man, black, 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 black. It's starting to become more and more and more intense as I read more and more stuff about what is going on here. And I'm reading this article, and this article is starting to become more and more in tell of everything that we need to do. Now, I'm going to read some things here that are going to segue to my other points here of this segment. Now, I'm going to read this here about the Memphis Miracle and Steel Divide. And the main reason why I'm going to read this here, because it's some things that he missed. However, I'm going to tag a little bit into this and bring it on. Then I'm going to read some stuff from a bishop who has left a certain party because of this matter. Let's continue on here. Now, the Memphis miracle. Now, this here is very, very predominant here. I want you to know something about this. The Memphis miracle is something that happened when I graduated from high school, okay? And it's really, really profound, but it's it's some backstories behind this. Here it is. Now, four years later, conversations working towards reconciliation between the PFNA, which is the Pentecostal Fellowship of North America, and Kojic, which is the Church of God in Christ. After several years of meetings and dialogues, in 1994, PFNA leadership disbanded its organization and and start the Pentecostal and Charismatic Churches of North America, which is PCCNA, that was inclusive of Black Pentecostal denominations. This was dubbed in the Memphis Miracle and part of the spontaneous foot washing of Church of God Christ Bishop Antonio Clemens by Assemblies of God Minister Donald Evans, who asked for forgiveness for the racial sins of whites within the Pentecostal movement, which, in other words, they were losing money. Okay, and I'm gonna tell you the backstory behind this in a second here. Okay, this event led to significant conversations throughout the Assemblies of God denomination on the issue of racism. Now, let me put this into a common uh, practice on this whole notion here. Now, I just talk about the main, I'm talking about what's going on with some of the history of this. We're still talking about the history a little bit, but the thing is that some of the history is obscured. Is geared that the blacks were the victims. It's not anything that shows that the blacks were also a part of the issue here. Yes, it was racial divide, 
Yes, and the thing about it's a lot of money going into black, but blacks is one thing about you missing here. A lot of black people vote Democrat, and you keep voting for the people who kept you in this kind of trap, this entrapment, in other words. Why? Why, why is that going on? If you're a Democrat and you know the history of your party and you know the truth behind it, you don't tell the people the truth and you keep lying, lying, lying to people, eventually the truth will come out, no matter how much you try. So this is here is proof that all this was saying brings to the point of racism within African-American uh, uh, churches. Here he is, still divided. This is his thing. Events like these are a healing bomb for some of the pain experienced among racial lines in our shared history. Still, blacks and whites uh, Christians are divided today. A Pew Research Center found that 68% of white evangelicals identify as Republicans, while 82% of black Presbyterians identify as Democrats. That's the truth. There's some truth going on here, but that's the whole thing that really makes sense. Right here, that says 68% of white evangelicals identify as Republicans, while 82% of black Protestants identify as Democrat. But you say of the history. He talked about some of the history here, but if you got some of the history going on, right, how in the world can you say that you are a Democrat if you know the history of the Democrat Party? Remember, $10 billion coming into churches every year. $10 billion will be not $9 million, billion dollars coming in to the churches. Now, I'm going to tell you something here. Now, he won't reflect this here. I'm going to read this here. This Now, I'm going to bring some things into context on why when I read this article. Now, it says here, it says the highlights difference on political issues. But it is also reflective of the wider range of different opinion that impacts daily decisions, including our worsened choices. There is much to be done within and among denominations, organizations, churches, and individuals to bring together the divisive body of Christ, where there is neither slave nor free, black nor white, Hispanic nor Asian. May our com uh, coming, uh, coming story brings, bring the God of all races and ethnicities great glory. He is trying to clean up, in other words, because the racial, the, the racial divide is also among even their congregation. Why do we have to have black churches How or white churches or Asian how come you can't be the church of God, the 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 the, the, uh, the the church of Christ, his bride? Because we got issues within the roots in the churches that is brought upon. Okay? And why? It's because it's a money-making machine. Now, let's go back here on this whole matter here on 
when they said the Pew Research found that 68% of white evangelicals identify as Republicans, while 82% black Protestants identify as Democrats. Here's the problem. We got identity politics going on in the black churches. We got identity politics going on in white churches. But what are these churches are? Now, why is it so important for them to really highlight Republican and Democrat? Well, why did he bring up the Republican Democrat scenario? It's because it's to them, this is the real reason why we can't get together because we are different in political issues and social issues and decisions in this way, that way. And, and even it, it does involve our worship places and worship choices. True in some aspects of it, but I disagree with him. I do. I disagree with full hardly. The main problem is, is this. You have liberals and conservatives. Liberals or the left bring in all kinds of stuff in, in black churches. Now, let's go into here. And this is where we need to really come into play here. Um, a lot of times, a lot of people miss this whole point, but I want to really put this into a perspective here. You have churches that are mainly, right, mainly, and I'm putting this in a perspective here. You got churches here mainly have their own set of rules and regulations. And I'm going to bring this demographic here for a reason. And the main reason why this is very, very important is because a lot of these churches are very, very concealed into the, the, the common grounds of what we live in today. Now, a lot of the churches, it says, in 1995, which is 50% of African-Americans consider themselves Baptists. However, that percentage has dropped by 45% in 2008. Mainline churches, if you name it, everything else is going on, and blah, 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 blah. Then you know, you wonder, what, what Cleveland, what are you saying? I want you to look at something here. Um, a lot of the churches in today's society, black churches itself, have a problem. They always look upon themselves as the cows of the corn. You probably wondering what you mean, Cleveland. The cows of the corn is a, re a reflection on the fact that black people have a hard time forgiving. Now, a lot of people saying, and I heard so many people, we'll talk about this on one of our um, broadcasts, though, that a lot of black people don't want to forgive. Then they said, but we, why we, why we got to be the first one to forgive? Because God said that. If you don't forgive this man for what they do wrong to you, what makes you think God will forgive you for your sins? That's a big, huge thing. If God is like that, then we need to be very careful what we're doing with this. Okay? We really do. Because every time we do, we always keep on saying that, well, we need to come to realization 
that these these churches are the ones that are keeping us down. That's not true. These 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 white people are keeping us down. That's not true. Remember, ten billion dollars, over ten billion dollars coming into black coming from black churches. Ten billion, not million, billion. Let me repeat that. Ten billion. Billion. I don't need to go any further with that. Billion with a B. Okay. Why? Why is that going on? It's because a lot of these churches believe that they have the right to do what they need to do. That's true. We're talking about billion, billion dollars, not million, billion. And a lot of people say, well, um, well, Cleveland, that's a lot of money. Yeah, if billions of dollars, right, has allocated to some of these churches, right, then if that's the case, okay, if that's the case, then some of these churches, right, are really um, not helping black people. They're not. And that's the problem we have here. And that's the word, uh, um, no, that, no, that is the huge problem. Huge problem. And why is that a problem? Well, is it because all of the things that's being corresponded to from the people, right? Always have something to do with their own reason and thoughts or opinion. Now, let's get into this a little bit more. Now, here is the main reason for that topic that happened, okay? Because I want to really bring into play here on the topic because sometimes we need some clarity. And here it is. And I want to read this here because this is a very, very important piece that needs to be said about this. The big race lie, racist lie, okay? And it is that Republican policies hurt blacks, and hence Republicans are racist. While Democrat policies help blacks, the reality is just the opposite, okay? Modern Democrat policies hurt blacks just as historic Democrat policies, such as fighting a civil war to defend slavery, find founding the KKK, and passing all segregation laws, hurting blacks. Now, we talk about black this and black this and black that. Well, it's because the lies from the black, from, from the lies that has been told to blacks from the Democrats. And here's the main reason, okay? Now, on the other hand, modern Republican policies help blacks just as historic Republican policies, such as in slavery, passing the 14th Amendment, 13, 14, 15 million integrate the military and public schools help blacks. 
Now, uh, paradoxically, modern Democrats voters are are racist in general. They're not. Rather that rather they are people who who due to the mainstream media bias. Okay, because a lot of black people, right, love to watch the news. Okay, lack facts will tend to vote uh, based on emotions, not analytical thoughts. Thanks to thanks in part to the Democrat corruption of the modern public education. That is a part of it because a lot of blacks are not trying to find that. In, our, in order to win elections and black votes, Republicans have to get off the defense and attack racist Democrat policies. You have to. I'm talking to you Republicans. You got to get off of your behind and fight this thing. Now, here's some, some of the lies here. And this here is preach in black churches today. Here he is. Here are some of the few examples of how rich white liberal Democrats policies hurt black Americans. And here he is here. The first one, black lives doesn't matter, part one. The lean cause of death for black Americans is abortion. But it's preached in lots of churches, especially progressive black churches, progressive black Baptist churches, and the list goes on. Now, recently, recently, Kojic decided to fight against abortion, but they still was just some members, members in the cultic faith or denomination that still hold to whose beliefs? Democrat beliefs. Because a lot of them are still Democrats. Despite the fact that black women are five times as likely to abort their babies as white women, nearly 80% of the plan. Parenthood, which Planned Parenthood is part of what the progressive American progressives that start with Margaret Singer, who went to black pastors to make this happen, right? Which is abortion mills are in minority neighborhoods. And the founder of Planned Parenthood was a hardcore racist. She was. Democrats still rally around Planned Parenthood. Clearly, one of one could support abortion while working to end a huge diversity between blacks and whites abortion rates. But Democrats politicians seem quite content with the status quo. Democrats, such as, like I said, uh Geraldine Ferdaro, right, has gone on record saying that abortion saves money by reducing the number of people on welfare. This happened. Given that blacks are disproportionately on welfare, Democrats are advocating killing babies to reduce welfare costs. The Republicans oppose the killing of unborn babies and are eager to end what Jesse Jesse called genocide against black people, namely abortion. How come that he still, he still, if he said that he's against genocide, how come he's still in favor with the Democrat Party? He tried to run for the uh, president during that time. Okay, he did. Let's continue on here. Black lies don't matter, part two. 
Now, every year, thousands of uh, thousands of blacks are murdered in the United States, predominantly in Democrat-controlled cities like Chicago, Baltimore, Memphis, Nashville, and the list goes on. Democrat, keyword. But you got pastors keep bringing these Democrat politicians to their churches. Let's continue on here. I'm just reading statistics. Blacks are 4.3 times more likely to be murdered, usually by other blacks than whites. Yet the Democrat only response is to call for laws that makes it hard to convict criminals and for short sentences for valid offenders. They they claim there is a combat they are there are combating racism that results in, in two million blacks being in jail. But the reality is that the real racism is releasing violent black criminals who will tend to prey on other blacks while leaving white folks alone. Now, Democrats was the point of the response to George Zinnemann and Ferguson, Missouri, to claim that they they care about blacks. But the reality is that the whole Black Lives Matter movement is based on lies that benefits Democrats, not blacks. Democrats was nationalized the uh, what what uh, wants to nationalize the police so that so that so any narrative that portrays the police as evil benefits them. So limit to the dem uh, demonizing police. Democrats convince low information voters that Democrats care about blacks. But if they really care about blacks, they will try to end mass murders in black and uh, of blacks in cities like Chicago, Memphis, and other places. Not just fit, not fit stay on the rate of the rare black deaths that involves whites. This is another problem we have. The narrative changed, but this stuff is preached to the to those members of those churches that brings ten point um, ten billion dollars a year. You see, you see what I mean by where's the fruit of this? There's a lot of money coming in. Now, now uh, MLK Jr. Own many guns because he couldn't count on racial Southern black p uh, uh, police to protect him. Today, Democrats are working hard to keep honest blacks from being able to defend themselves. That's what's going on. But it, in the black churches, they keep saying it's the weapon that caused the problem. Take the guns out of the street here. You can take the guns out of the street all day, all night. However, <laughs> You got um, you 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 can use a knife, you can use a rock, you can use a car to kill a person. You don't have to have a gun, but that's what they're telling them the narrative. But this is preached in churches. They have that a lot of these black churches, ten billion dollars coming through. It's more though. Now today, blacks, you no, know, like I said here. That you know, the, the necessity because police under attack by white Democrats can't be everywhere through gun control laws that whites can't easily navigate. 
but which are a huge impede to poor lives. Republicans, on the other hand, wants to make it easier to convict violent felonies, right? Working to keep violent criminals in jail longer and work to make it easier for honest citizens to protect themselves from criminals. And it, it, it's, it's really, really, really sad that it's going on, but it's true. Let's continue on here. Now, now the third reason is you can't be black unless you agree with Democrats. This is preached in black churches today. And we will bring some of this up here on our next broadcast about this whole matter. This is the introduction here. No, no Republican has attacked uh, Obama as vicious as Democrats has attacked Justice Clarence Thomas and Ben Carson or Alan West. Now, they also attack Candace Owens, Brandon Taylor, Leo um, Dunson, even me, and a lot of us, Black, who are conservative, who vote for a different party who don't agree with the liberal politics or the left politics, in other words. They attack us. And there's a lot of people who are like us, but a lot of us are Christians. They love Jesus Christ as our Lord, and they still attack us. Churches don't even want us to talk about these things, especially black churches. And, and a lot of black churches bring $10 billion, but no fruit has been manifest into it. Hmm. Now, here's the, here's the thing. Now, Democrats declared that blacks who don't support white liberal Democrat policies are not really black. What could be more racist than declaring that all real blacks have to agree on politics? No one would think to say Bernie Sanders is not white because he doesn't agree with Republican policies, yet we told that justice Clarence Thomas is an Uncle Tom or an Oreo because he believes in interpreting the Constitution as it was intended to be interpreted by those who wrote it. Hmm. That's true. Republicans don't say that blacks who disagree with Republican parsons are really black. They just don't disagree. They like, well, okay. Here's another reason. And I'm going to quickly go through this, then we want to do our last set, segment of this. Black families don't matter. We have a good reason to believe that LBJ started the greatest society to benefit Democrats, and the reality is that Democrat welfare policies has destroyed the black family in America and feminized black poverty. Okay, prior to the Democrat welfare programs, black families were more likely to be intact than white families. Now, after 50 years, now it's more than that, 59 years of Democrat welfare programs, 72% of blacks are born into single parent families, which studies have shown leads to poverty, crime, and drug abuse. But, it's, but this stuff is going on with black churches. On almost every corner of every urban core, you have a black church there. You do. And each one of them has, uh, they are around the black neighborhood. They are. 
But this is a study that shows that, and you got so many of them. And also in that same correspondence, you also have this problem. Most of those people who goes to those churches in the black urban core are women, not men, black women. Not trying to decorate black women, but they are most of them were single black women who has children. If Democrats really care about blacks, they will have tried to change welfare to end the destruction of black families. Yet Democrats have steadfastly refused to try to change the system. Republicans, on the other hand, has no has followed with Pro Francis advice. Help the poor financially may also be provisional solutions in the face of pressing needs. The broad ob- obje- objective object should always be to allow them to def- de- uh, dignify life through work. Professors is someone I don't want to really adhere to the advice of because sometimes I want about him. No, I don't want about him. I know about him. He is liberal. He's very, very leftist. And he is control of the Catholic Church, which that's another such matter that I really don't want to tackle with in this broadcast because Lord have mercy. That guy got issues. And I know a lot of Catholics who who listen to um to this broadcast and listen to RCR, they're gonna like Cleveland, you're attacking the Catholics. No, I'm not. They got a leer that is twisting everything that's not right. So you gotta look at what's going on with the leer more than you need to do is look at the fact what I had to say about it. Which that comes to play because a lot of things that we need to do is to tell the truth on matters. So that's why we need to really come to grips on this. So I will be back on the last segment. I thought this was going to be a last, but I'm sorry. But this is going to be the, we'll be right back on our last segment of this such matter. So stay tuned. We got so much more to cover as we go into this a little bit deeper. America. Get ready. Resolute. Rippling with heat. Railing against fatigue. Unceasing and often unseen, they labor deep in the trenches. Mercenaries in the muck. Brawlers in blackened dirt. Not just for three hours. Not just when the lights are bright. These are the scratching, grinding, never-bending few. The Houston Roughnecks going to work for you. February 2020. The XFL is coming. For more information, stay tuned to the RCR Radio Network. Welcome back to the Biblical Editorial Review on this whole subject matter series called Black, 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 Black. Um, I'm starting to really understand now why we are doing this. God has shown me some truth about this now. I'm starting to understand more why we're doing this. And this here on the introductory part of this series, it has a whole lot to do with what is going on here. And I want to really go into this a little bit deeper here because there's a whole thing here 
that I need to say. And I'm going to tackle, we need to continue on with this part here with part four about black families don't matter. And this is the last part here after I was talking about what's going on with um, Pope Francis here. And it says, by trying to improve the economy rather than enlarging the government, Republicans has uh, striving to give blacks off welfare. Now, Republicans have advocated enterprise zones and intercities where companies are given tax breaks in return for providing job opportunities for blacks. All of this, um, even though blacks hardly ever vote for Republicans. Because the churches don't say no, they always going to say something racist. By like even right now, it's a lot of um, President Trump has used his executive order to bring um, economic zones into the black community, or let's say enterprise zones into the black community, so blacks could be able to thrive like other businesses could do. But remember, the churches have something to do with this as well. He, I mean, if you talk about this man's racist, what is so racist about the uh, a, a president that practically did everything to help blacks? Even the, what's going on as an unemployment, blacks are in an all-time low in unemployment, and a lot of times this is not talked about in churches. Well, we need to talk about word of God. Well, God has brought something into the community, but your churches don't want it because you're trying to find ways to destroy it because it don't fit your narrative because you are in bed with the people that you call an enemy. You're speaking to the wrong enemy. The wrong enemy is pretty much Satan. And you allow Satan to tell you the lies. And here's the thing about it. The fifth point, blacks don't need education. That is true. We They don't. Blacks don't need education. In Democrat-run uh, uh, cities, black children receive a horrible education that prevents them from being able to get a job. In Detroit, for example, where Democrats has been in charge for decades, students has a horrible test score. Blacks, blacks who can manage to attend private schools on the other hand, can't get a good education. But Democrats are more loyal to the teachers' unions than to blacks. That is why Democrats fight hard against school choice that would enable black parents to send their children to good schools. Republicans have supported school choice for decades because Republicans care more about kids, including black kids, that paying uh, uh, teachers' unions will hire salaries even when the teachers are, are failing at their job. Now, it is time for Republicans to quit playing defense and take the fight to the racist Democrat policies that has created a new plantation for blacks. Democrats keep blacks voting Democrats because by making blacks think with the help of the mainstream media that blacks need Democrats to survive. That's a lie. Democrats do this by keeping crime rate high in black neighborhoods. That's true. By keeping drugs readily available in black neighborhoods and by keeping blacks from getting an education at all 
while while which results in black being dependent on government and thinking that they can't compete with whites. The reality is that blacks are just as capable as whites to give a equal education and cultural base, uh, by, uh, base that has demonstrated over and over the great benefit they are in America. Education Educate your low information friends about the real race nature of Democrat policies so that your friends can vote for people who actually wants to help blacks, not for black Democrats who only wants to exploit blacks. Why? Because if you look at the whole thing, and this, we're going right back to the church here, the church is. But they are run by blacks are not telling the truth about it. Now, we got some churches, some black churches who are telling the truth. And they are telling them the real facts of what's going on. But they are ostracized by these big wigs who claim to be bishops and stuff like that. And you got a lot of them people on and, and, and infusing the lie to trying to bring themselves into this, uh, this, this facade of the truth. It's a, that's, they don't want to hear that. Or if you tell them that, they don't understand the whole callous of the whole thing. So if you look at it, black people are very educated. They, 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 are very, they, they do have a brain. We do. Here's the problem. We don't use it very well. We listen to the uh, people that feed to our emotions instead of telling the truth. And this is the main reason why that they are working so hard to try to get rid of President Trump. And even in black churches, right, in America, they are working extremely hard. To try to tell black people, to try to tell blacks and their parishioners and stuff like that, with ten billion dollars coming in, that you know this man's a racist, or they will say they are trying to keep you down, the Republicans. But here's something truth about this now, Bishop E. W. Jackson, right? Um, Republican, conservative. He used to be a Democrat. But, I mean, the thing was, God has brought him away from this. I'm going to read his story, okay? And I'm going to read why it's very important that the church need to tell the truth. And we're going to harbor on this because it's a lot of things going on in black communities in the society today. That needs to be told the truth. Here is he says, Blacks are abandoning the Democrat Party, E.W. Jackson. For more than 50 years, the black community has been the wholly owned subsidiary of the Democrat Party. That may be changing. It is changing. If you got North Carolinians, 35% of North Carolinians, after they elected, a Democrat governor voted for Donald Trump in 2016. 35%. That's a huge number. And there were blacks. 35% of blacks voted for him. 
And, and you know what? That number is going to increase because with all this stuff going on with the impeachment stuff like that going on right now, it tells a whole different story on who is really behind the mess. And you know the, the play out is behind of it. Let me read this here. In spite of the overwhelming liberal voting patterns of black voters, they are in center of the conservative community. They are. Americans of African descent are more pro-life, pro-family than the average white voter and as conservative on social issues as a white evangelical. That's true. Democrats has managed to mob, no, uh, mob, uh, monopolize the black vote in spite of the vast chasms between the two uh, on social issues. This philosophical difference has become more profound or pronounced in the past 20 years as liberals has embracing far-left progressivism. Now, I'm going to give you some insight here that is really true what he's saying. A lot of it has to deal with the things that is going on with progressivism that you guys need to understand. What is progressivism? And if you go into the history of some of these churches, black churches in, in, in some of these neighborhoods and in some of these communities, a lot of them are progressive. Now, remember we was talking about Margaret Singer? Okay, Margaret Singer American progressive went to another progressive and did what? Bring up progressive things. Why we got Planned Parenthood in urban core. Let's continue on here. Their view of quote unquote social justice embraces the killing of an unborn child right up to the moment before birth. Well, thanks to New York and Virginia, possible California is a little bit problem here, okay? The problem behind all of it is what? They want to kill the child if the child do be born. That's murder. It's still murder, no matter how much you look at it. Indeed, President Obama, right, the iconic representative of the far left, that is true, believed that every child that even a child born alive should be left to die without medical treatment if the mother intended an abortion. That's true. He championed the Manilingan pre uh, uh, um, position as a state senator in Illinois. He did. And he kept on with that progressive move because he went on record with Planned Parenthood in a conference while he was getting becoming president. Now, this is Bishop Jackson here. He was raised to be an FDR Democrat because his father was a young man during the Depression and credited President Roosevelt with saving him from starvation. Really? The Republicans only care about, the, about rich people, he was told. That was more than 40 years ago. In spite of my childhood indoctrination, as a young man newly committed to, to my Christian faith, I have a crisis of conscience in the uh, late 
1970s, Massachusetts Democrat Barney Frank was pushing the homosexual agenda because Barney Frank was a homosexual. He, how could I, as a Christian, be committed to a party led by Mr. Frank? Okay. In the end, I could not. My desire is being is be in the right relationship with God. And my faith was greater than my desire to be approved by my father, my family, or the black community. Remember, black, 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 black. <laughs> my wife and I, then Massachusetts resident, left the Democrat Party in 19A and never looked back. Democrats now have fully embraced an abortion policy that amounts to emphasize that have also made the lesbian, homosexual, bisexual, transgender, gender their vision for America. That's what's going on now. And it's put in pedophilia as well. And the transgender um, story time, we can, we can talk about that later. We'll talk about those things in a later broadcast. How have they managed to hold on to black Christians in spite of any agenda worth of the Antichrist. They have shown a ruthless willingness to fright black voters with outright lies about the plans of conservatives and Republicans. Vice President Joseph R. Biden, Joe Biden, the one that's running for president now, they're going to put you back in chains was not a gaffe. It was part of the Democrat strategy to use fear to keep blacks as captive audience or keep them at bay, in other words. Okay? I always had believed that such lies could not distract black voters forever or keep them from noticing the increased anti-Christian radicalism of the Democrat Party, which is very radical. They've been far left now, seriously. Now, all over the country, black churchgoers are now impressing disenchantment with the Democrat, uh, Democrats making same-sex marriage as official part of their platform, which now they're trying to say in some states, because thanks to President Trump, um, they're trying to then lose that um, we need to make states that are run by Democrats, like in Colorado, to send your copies of all of your sermons to us so we can review them and see what you have to say if it's not against what we believe. That's what's going on right now. Why? It's because they believe that they have control. And when you have that kind of control over blacks, you got a problem. This may be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Sometimes you wonder about that, but let's continue. There are older black Christians who will vote Democrat no matter what. Now, there are older black Christians who will vote Democrat no matter what. The, driven by emotional memory rather than spiritual commitments. Younger command Christians more readily see the contra contradiction 
and the irony. They have been asked to put aside their biblical and moral vision of the world and submit to the leadership of the Democrat Party, especially millennials, especially black and mixed race millennials. We'll talk about that in a later broadcast. Okay. And this is really sad because that's really what's going on here. The Democrat policy since the 1960s has decimated decimated the black family, perpetuate poverty, and create failing schools that operate to benefit unions rather than children. In league with the National Education Association, NEA, they oppose even efforts to give choices to parents to allow their children to escape failing schools. Now black, uh, now black churchgoers are being told to suppress Christian conscience and remain behold, beholden to a party that demands their loyalty while insult their faith and blaspheme their God. For the first time in 50 years, there are there is a d- decision going on in the black community as to whether their loyalty to the Democrat Party is deserved. Many black pastors are, te- are telling their members to stay at home, you see, rather than vote for a black president who has done more, advanced the cause of homosexuality and abortion than the black American. That's what, that's what Obama did, okay? We hear the rumblings of the fistula between black Christians and the Democrat Party. My organization, Stand True of America National Destiny, which is Stan, is calling for a mass exodus of the of Christians from the Democrat Party. It is going on. It's just that now the mainstream media knows this is happening. Well, let's continue on here. We have a news conference in the National Press Conference on September 10th when he talked about this in 2012. And several videos. This is not only has promoted decision, but perhaps has launched a movement. Mr. Obama committed to the racial left anti-Christian anti-God policies may cost him the election, which he got reelected because of constituency he has taken for granted. He's in the wake of the truth of being the first black president. It's not enough. Now, from the standpoint of everything that's going on here, it's a cause and effect of why all this stuff is happening. So as, as believers, what is that cause and effect? Well, the cause is that we stand on the sound lines and not listen to God on matters that really matter to him. We go by our emotions, we go by what we feel, and we never really take the time to read the word of God for ourselves or what he had to say about these things. We re- rely on people that, that stand behind that pulpit to tell us what's going on instead of allowing God of the Bible, his word, to tell us the truth of what's going on. So what we do, we allow people to lie to us. Like I told you before, in communities that is in the urban core, $10 billion has coming into a lot of churches in the urban core. $10 billion. And we talk about people who are committed. That's 3.5 million people 
who are committed to that, who don't, and, and I mean, we're talking about a lot of money here. We ain't talk about um, something that just casually, uh, uh, easy going on scenario. We're talking about billions of dollars that, you know, you would think would help communities where that church is located at. But if you look at it now, it's not like that. It is a disgrace. And we need to really get to the bottom of it. If you got $10 billion coming in every Sunday, $10 billion, we talk about organized. We ain't talk about the ones like um, that are part of non-denominational. Mike TDJ's church or uh, Creflo Dollar and the list goes on. We're talking about churches that are organized. All this money, but there is no fruit behind of it. No fruits. And you wonder, what is going on here? How come this is going on in our communities today? Well, I'm going to tell you why. You're not going to like it. But it is a whole lot to deal with the fact they've been lied to. And when you've been lied to so many times on lies, on lies, on lies, it becomes the truth to you. And, you know, it's really, really sad that we have to deal with all of this in a very, very bad conscience of society that we live in. And that's why we sit here wondering every Sunday, would God going to do something to make a change in people's lives? He can't do nothing when you don't involve him in your life. That is the problem we have right now. That is the main reason why in our communities today, we are losing the battles of the souls of the people that is in that community, in that urban core, in those places that the church supposed to be the light to be. And that's why... It should not always be a black, 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 black thing. It should be a souls involved. And that's why we are living in the greatest tragedy in our history. But it could be redeemed as what God wants it. God is challenging us to look in this in a full picture. He don't want us to continue on figure this thing into this thing that we think and not come to him about. God don't want us to really portray anything but truth. He wants us to really fit stay on his way instead of trying to fit stay on our way. I want you to be challenged about this as we go to this series, Black, 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 Black. I want you to look at why we that black people are not going forward. Then I want you to go in and research it. And don't research it with a bias. Research it with God intended. Because a lot of times what we do, we go in with biases and never really look at the truth behind the scope of the matter. Because we think that everything is really based on what we believe. But we what we truly don't understand is what God had to say about it. Because everything that Father God said is absolute true. He said these days it's going to be this way. But he never told us how. But the reason why? Because he wants us to go to him to get the how. He don't want us to depend on man 
He wants us to depend on him because man going to fail you no matter what. That's why black, 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 black means something. How come it can't be white, 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 white? Well, because it's not a white thing, nor is a black thing. It's a heart thing that really matters. Well, that's all for me for tonight. I'm really glad that you listened to the Biblical Editorial Review. We got a whole lot more on this series that is coming in tell because it's a lot that needs to be said. And we need to really come to truth about what God had to say about these things. Don't need to keep on lying and keep on fit staying on what the people tell us what to think. We need to go into the word and read for ourselves so he could transform our minds to him. Think about what Romans chapter 12, verse 2 really means. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, wholly acceptable to his good service. That's God. And I think that Father God knows more about what he's talking about than what we do. So thank you in listening in to the Biblical Editorial Review each Thursday. And like I said, I will definitely will be continuing on doing more broadcasts going into 2020 because of a lot at stake here. And I believe that the more they're trying to do to try to destroy uh, what God had to say by anything, they would do it in every means necessary to destroy what God intended. So thank you once again and have a good night. America, get ready. On the shoulders of giants, they stand tall, unconquerable, unyielding, marching ever forward, a force united. One quest, one purpose, one resolve, seeking glory through grit, victory through valor. The DC Defenders taking their stand February 2020. The XFL is coming. For more information, stay tuned to the RCR Radio Network. The XFL is coming to your listening platform in February 2020. Cross Media Networks will have a new sports radio platform called Fandio. More details of Fandio during these months leading to February 2020 on this radio network. Thank you for listening to the Biblical Editorial Review. We hope this broadcast has challenged you to see this world from God's perspective. Tune in next time for another Biblical Editorial Review. The Biblical Editorial Review is copyright by the Resilient Christian Radio Network.